The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The music world moves fast. Want to stay up to date on the latest albums and get in-depth examinations with the artists? Check out Consequence of Sound, the podcast. Bite-sized album reviews for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know, and much more. Subscribe to the series on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider and let the writers of Consequence of Sound steer you right. Check it out at consequenceofsound.net slash podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If uh, it's your first time here or maybe you're a repeat offender and you haven't subscribed to the series, go ahead and take a moment to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. Maybe you found the interview on YouTube or Spotify, or maybe you're into the podcasts and checking us out on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Definitely hit the subscribe button there as we do put out an interview three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's lots to keep up with. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guests are Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers. You know them now as the band Better Oblivion Community Center, and their self-titled debut record landed earlier this year. I'll get to ask what the partnership has brought to each of their talents and where the whole thing began back on Phoebe's Stranger in the Alps LP. We'll try to find out how much truth there are in each of the lyrics and if they can even remember who wrote which set of lyrics. And then we'll turn our attention to the live show, which has been so much fun to follow if you've been paying attention from the covers they've been doing, which, yes, does include Shallow, to playing each other's songs to making it just a bigger, louder production. We'll hear about the cross-section of their multi-generational fans and try to get some good travel stories from the tour so far, as well as the future. Will there be more music from Better Oblivion Community Center? It's all in here. It's Kyle Meredith with Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers of Better Oblivion Community Center. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's good to talk to you both again. I want to say congratulations on the uh, Better Oblivion Community Center record. This has been so much fun to listen to. Uh, fun being the operative word considering the lyrics, but it's a fun record still. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. Let me start out with the uh, with you know what you all bring to each other's talents at this point, because I would think regardless of how a collaboration starts, there is at least some hope in, in gleaming something from the other artist have you noticed that at any point that you've been taking stuff from the other person yeah totally i think uh connor's a very compelling live performer and i feel like if i like a recent this is a recent realization that if i like even move a little bit on stage i'll like mess up a chord or something so i hope to i hope to take that with me into my future project we'll teach how to stage stuff yet have you stage test on this tour no like in general (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> How? But that's so terrifying. Why would you ever do that? No, that's, that's a good question, too. But you just don't care about getting, like, groped? Yeah, I feel I like mean, that's my fear. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> spirit moves you, jump, you know? Take yeah. that leap. Um, no, I've learned a lot from, like, Phoebe 
just like writing the record with her, I feel like she has a, she's like maybe a little bit more of like a perfectionist than I am. And she, she kind of like a lot of times I'll, I'll write something like fast and kind of like walk away. And she was really good about like encouraging us to keep revising stuff and like making it better. And, you know, obviously she's like an incredibly gifted singer. So like all like the harmony stuff on the record, like she would write the harmonies and then like teach them to me. And so I feel like that made me, made me a better singer, just having to like learn that and having to like keep up with her like vocally every night has like, yeah, like made me like try harder to be a better singer, which is, which is good. Does this, does the partnership go back to uh, Would You Rather on, on Stranger in the Alps? Is that the first time you all collaborated? Yeah. Yeah, although hilariously enough, we had met once and Connor recorded his part of that song remotely. So <laughs> we would end up becoming friends after and that was like like we had barely hung out at all um, when making that song. So it's cool in retrospect. There's like a you know a, a permanent like record of our friendship like <laughs> along the way. I, I don't know. Aside from there being truth in any lyric, then when you're writing this record together, how much of the album tells your own stories? And, and if it is you know directly personal in any way, you know, is it a, any kind of challenge to to weave your own stories together like that? I think for me, it was an experiment. A little. It was like a little bit more. It was a lot more removed from my own personal experience than anything I'd written before. I feel like that's my a combo, like a strength and weakness of mine is that I feel like I I, I have the tendency to just like rip stuff exactly as it happens in real life and then i feel like these themes i I kind of discovered later but i think connor's lyrics are really personal too so it wasn't wasn't that much of a challenge to like go there when we did go there like it was i don't i think we we thought about all these like grander ideas or like concepts after making the record and it's cool to like figure that stuff out and it was pretty easy to to like blend our two styles yeah it is it is interesting though like how you know we can write something together or like a lot of the lines on the record like you know literally like i'll have started writing the line and then maybe we'll have like substituted a word or something like that and so like even when people like ask you know specifically about certain songs or lines i'm like i don't actually totally remember who wrote that exact part and then and then when you sing it like a lot of times we're singing together and i think for the listener you know it totally changes the dynamic of like this is one person you know confessing something to me or like you know like the personal nature becomes very like skewed when you have two voices singing the whole time which i kind of like i think it takes it out of that like you know yeah confessional folk singing style i i with that then i I would have to ask about one direct line because it would seem like that ghost is just a kid in a sheet one of my favorite moments on the record does seem to be self-referential back to the uh, the stranger in the alps cover i again i think we thought about that later i think we figured out that like and that happens a lot where like maybe it was subliminal or whatever but i feel like i find out what songs are about way after writing them and then you're on stage or like specifically with that line i see people like smiling at me when we sing it and and we're kind of like oh that was accidental it was just cool imagery that is kind of amazing then because it it does it does seem so specific in that and uh, i don't know it's fun for for fans to kind of be able to have that uh, little even if it's a coincidental bread 
crumb trail. Then um, I'll, I'll take the wider scope on some of the themes, you know, maybe that you noticed later on. Because when I listen to this, I hear I do hear a lot of alienation and solitude. And if that's if that's how you all feel about it too, it's interesting to me because the more interviews I do in the past two years, those seem to be the themes that are cropping up with everybody. That's that's the spot we're all in. Whereas if you ever wanted to compare music to the '60s, as people tried to do a lot when the Trump era started. You know, it's uh, it doesn't seem like it's going that direction where it's all, you know, that uh, CCR protest music. It seems like sort of the opposite, like everybody's kind of going inside. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, everyone is obviously, you know, I think that's kind of if we're looking for like bigger themes of like the record or the band or whatever. I think it is everyone is in like an in, internal kind of dialogue and struggle and the crazier things that are happening in the world, I feel like there is a desire to like retreat and retreat from reality and from all these things. And so I think, I don't know, maybe that's the idea of like having like the word like community and the band and stuff like that is that you, in a certain sense, even though it can feel like you're out there on your own, we are all kind of in it together, you know, if that if that makes any sense. And so, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the themes you're talking about are very prevalent in a lot of the songs, you know. And there is probably like a zeitgeist of the moment that everyone's experiencing, you know, even if we don't all know about it or talk about it. I'll turn to the live show then because the songs have seemed to become much bigger live. Did that come after or was it kind of a choice to keep the album in a more bare state and let it run free once you get on stage? I think it kind of was reversed. Like we tried to make a rock album and <laughs> failed. And then we, and then when we took it on the road, it was like way easier to, to make it sound the way we wanted it to sound. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I, I always like it when songs take on a different life in live, in a live setting. You know, I think that that's pretty natural. And I think uh, whenever you get in front of an audience, uh, at least for, in my experience, there is a bit of a desire to play things faster and louder than you recorded them, you know? Um, I think that's just like adrenaline and just being in a room with people. Um, but yeah, we talked about like kind of intentionally when we were getting ready for the tour, we're like, you know what, we're we're a couple of bad sacks with our like acoustic guitars, like too much already. So like, let's leave the acoustic guitars at home and play, you know, make this more of like a rock show as much as we can. So it's been fun. I get to hit the distortion pedal a lot. That makes me happy. Yep. So, Have you all been trying to come up with new covers for every show, or has that just been a few of them? I I think it's just been a few for sure. But we, I do like in my solo shit, I actually uh, do like a lot of regional covers. So I'll pick, you know, like a replacement song in Minneapolis, and then we kind of just naturally leaned into that on this tour and 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 we, you know, it's only one record, so we definitely knew we had to do cover songs. And then, yeah, I love covering Bright Eyes; very fun. Were there any instant vetoes? Did anybody say like? There's been a lot of talk, of course, about Shallow, and I don't know if that was as painful for you, Connor, as the press makes it out to be. <laughs> well, obviously, as most as most good things in the world, or at least most things in our with our band, like everything starts as a joke, kind <laughs> of, and. Uh, yeah, that was one that definitely got deep punishment for that one. <laughs> like <laughs> before and after, felt really good. Great. Yeah, I just uh, it was yeah, it was funny. It was like funny, and it's obviously worth it just to hear Phoebe sing the the loud, you know, the loud section. Like that part is not a joke. That's actually like affecting and fun. 
Um, but uh, the rest of it's kind of just... Connor couldn't not sing it in a fake Bradley Cooper voice. It was so funny. I was like, no, us doing it is already the joke. Like, we don't yeah. need to tell people that it's a joke, but then he literally couldn't not and sing I, it in fake Bradley Cooper any better. And not to be like, oh, like, I don't pay attention to stuff, but I really didn't know. I, I'd heard that song like three times before we played it. I was like, I just didn't know that song. And uh, I will say, it's, like, once we learned it and played it, though, it was stuck in my head for a few days. I'm like, it is a really catchy song. But I was like, we can only do it once because if that's something that's pretty sad. I yeah, mean, I don't if think... people, like, look forward to it in the set. Yeah, we were never going to do it more than once. Yeah. Sure. I feel like there's something about this that leads to that uh, the banner, it will all end in tears. It, w- it will end in tears, you know? <laughs> yeah, it will end in tears. <laughs> There's an audience out there for both of you all, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing both of them come to the show as well. Does Do you notice that you're playing to two different generations sometimes of fans? I actually did notice that. I guess what we were in Austin the other night, and I was, like, looking at the crowd, and I don't know. I guess I've kind of had that for a little while now with my own music where, like, I guess just doing it long enough, like, there's kind of, like, you know, the, like, whatever, like, 60-year-old, like, NPR couple out there. And then there's still the, like, whatever, like, 20-year-old indie rocking people, you know? So, like, that has existed at my shows for a while, but obviously it's, like, the younger people and, like, Phoebe's fans are, like, very rabid and they're there in force. And, yeah, you but can kind of like tell, like, when it's, like, I don't know. I, don't I, just... I really feel like I the line is blurrier than I thought it would be, like, I look out and the front row is full of like girls with turf bangs and like really precise eyeliner. And I'm like, you could be for either of us right now. <laughs> but, but it was, or Connor handed the microphone to a dude the other day who was singing literally every song. And I was like, oh man, I think we might actually have an intersection of super fans. We're like, oh wow, he's stoked when we play a me song, or oh wow, he's like screaming the words to Easy Lucky Free. Like it's truly both of us, which is yeah. fun. And I think there is, like, maybe it's not a huge percentage, but I do feel like there's some people that may have, maybe had heard of us or knew a little bit about either of us, but actually just kind of heard this record and, like, heard, you know, like, whatever, heard one of the songs and got into it, you know, which I think is really cool that some so people cool. are still, like, finding out about us through, like, this new project, you know? Yeah, the brand new music. Uh, you look yeah. like you're having so much fun on stage. I, I do want to ask if there's been any really good travel stories that's accompanied this tour off the stage. We've, like, literally, we did, like, 11 shows in a row, so we've had, like, very few days off to, like, really do anything that cool, but I know we did some stuff that was fun. Really. Yeah, I feel like the most exciting thing we did on this tour is, like, see a movie, <laughs> which is great. Like, we've been having a blast, but the thing happens on tour that's kind of frustrating where you, like, it kind of takes you all day to become a person. You're like, okay, my stuff is scattered around this weird shower room. I've got to, like, get it together, take a shower, show up for sound check. So, like, it's good and bad. We've been completely, like, enveloped in the music. But I more so than any other tour for me, I feel like I do look forward to the show as, like, the fun thing I get to do, which is awesome. Because sometimes on tour it can feel like it's your job. But I feel like the rest of the day is your job. The rest of the day of, like, not being at home and, like, you know, eating at Starbucks is what you get paid for. And then playing music is the reward. I rode on the back of my friend's motorcycle the other night in Dallas, and I thought I was going to die. That was probably the most exciting moment. Yeah, you texted me before and after both times being, I think, kind of as the thing you do when you're you're afraid for your life and you tell your friend, like, oh, my God, isn't this crazy? (laughs) 
so I had like nowhere to find you. You like flew off. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was exciting in a terrifying way. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't die. I really am. <laughs> I, I'm in, yeah, no problem. I'm invested in both of your careers so much, but I, I do. I, I wonder from here on out, like how much I I want to get invested in Bever, Better Oblivion Community Center. Like, are there more songs? Do you think there'll be more albums? Is this going to be a thing, or do you both go your separate ways at this point? Afterward, maybe we should get actual investors to like invest in the band and like, our new just, music. Just start like raising capital. Um, no, I think that. I mean, I will just speak for myself and say that I hope that we make another record. Yeah, me too. I think we there's very little like concept other than like the drop release and stuff. We we really did just make a thing and then put it out. So I hope if we make more music it'll be in that same spirit. Like we didn't sit around like Mr. Burnsing for months being like, and then it'll all come out at once or whatever. Like we've just the spirit of it has been put it out immediately. Like we put it out a single for no reason. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we keep doing that. It, remember, it only takes three albums to make a greatest hits. So you just got to get to three albums so you can, <laughs> so you can cruise on the greatest right. hits from there on out. Connor, we'll pull a Tom Petty and write our best song for it. Exactly. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you both, Connor Phoebe. Thank you so much again for taking the time today. I, I can't say enough great things about this record. And I hope to catch one of these live shows, too. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get out to one. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Take care, y'all. Later. And my thanks to Connor Oberst, Phoebe Bridgers, the self-titled debut Better Oblivion Community Center album is out now. Hey, before you get out of here, if you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Again, whether that's on uh, the podcasts with iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Acast, Podchaser, or if you're checking us out on YouTube or Spotify, you can uh, subscribe and follow along there as well. After that... Head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. It does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.